Greetings and salutations. Welcome back to another, this time impromptu episode of Mars on Life. As we were discussing earlier, much, much earlier, a few episodes ago, actually, with Eric, there was a certain topic that just kind of caught my attention. I just remembered it off the top of my head. And lo and behold, it's in the news. And a bunch of individuals are starting to use it. I'm, of course, being very vague because I'm trying to build up to something. But wait, are you telling me that you've got a balloon? What is <laughs> chat GPT? Can you, can you tell me? It's basically an AI that can write something up for you. Mm -hmm. And I actually, right before we started recording, I listened to a podcast talking about AI and chat GBT with regards to newsrooms and whether or not we could be seeing more and more AI written news stories, which is some, which is not, not really a novel concept given, I know the Associated Press has been doing that since actually uh, as far back as 2014. But yeah, it's basically just a way to like write, you, you could have it collect whatever information possible about a topic or something and just regurgitate a little summary of it. As right. MIT did with the description of that episode, which was actually a little creepy when I noticed it. I was like, they said, oh, we gave this to AI, and they, it basically wrote a description for us. Um, and I felt a little creeped out, not going <laughs> to lie. We wanted to see just how much AI can pick up on sort of our interests here. So after jumping through a couple of hoops, and by jumping through hoops, I mean just typing in chat GPT, signing up with an email address that anyone can get from 10 Minute Mail, and plugging in a bit of personal data. Not too personal, though. I'm not exactly uh, unshackling my uh, my nads to whatever overlords rule this over. Because honestly, who, who am I giving my information to at this point? Right? This is such a new thing in circulation now that... I probably just sold it to a Russian hacker, but that's okay. That's okay. Because we wanted to try this out, have this sort of be an interactive episode, but not entirely in the realm of sound and scope, because we're honestly looking for something AI generated that we're not expecting here. By definition, we'll type in a prompt. It'll spit something out, hopefully humorous, and we'll just kind of go from there. So this is a free research preview. Uh, chat GPT's two disclosures in place. Uh, they state that their goal is to get external feedback in order to improve our systems and to make them safer. <laughs> and this is a good one. While we have safeguards in place, the system may occasionally generate incorrect or misleading information and produce offensive or biased content. It is not intended to give advice. That's kind of Said a shame. humanity. It's kind of a shame because that's exactly what we're looking for. So next... How we collect data, conversations may be reviewed by our AI trainers to improve our systems. Please don't share any sensitive information in so, your conversations. I should note, too, that these have emojis next to them, and where it says conversations may be reviewed by our AI trainers to improve our system, and they have a robotic arm. And I just... It just... Cringe. Cringe I, deluxe. It, it really is like the end slash a plot point in the first two Terminator movies where it's like, you know, we need to stop the AI, but we also got to get the robotic arm and 
and and destroy it. But there's one more chip, and it must be destroyed also. Typically, I crack open a cold one, and usually you can hear it on uh, on air. This time mm -hmm. is no exception. Like ChatGPT, you may have been seeing a new flavor of monster kicking around. They call it Ultra Strawberry Dreams. So this is my... You're going to be getting my first impression here. Smells like ninth grade romance with a, hmm, a tinge of hair dye. So let's go in. I have a visualization and it's not pretty. Ooh. Oh, that's seventh grade. Never mind. I was starting to fall asleep a little, a little while ago. Oh, man. It smells like dyed hair, depression, and deep, deep heartbreak. Serving size one can. Well, I have six of them, depending on how this evening goes. Some people swear that strawberries are aphrodisiacs. They say that if you share a double strawberry with someone, then they'll catch feelings for you. I'm not reading all that. <laughs> um, but yeah, I wanted to get a little bit of energy in my system before we actually tackle uh, this data mining. I, I mean, artificial intelligence. So we'd also love your feedback. This system is optimized for dialogue. Let us know if a particular response was good or unhelpful. Share your feedback in our Discord server. And here we go. We pretty much have free reign. Mm -hmm. um, they give a few examples like, a, you know, simple first grade explaining quantum computing in simple terms. Of course, it gets worked up to uh, uh, training to decline inappropriate requests, though uh, may occasionally produce harmful instructions or biased content. <laughs> so as long as we don't plug in offensive terminology i think we'll be okay but given that this is just solely a a text based sort of choose your own adventure mars on life episode uh the world's really our oyster here so if if you have a if you have something to kick it off i'm i'm more than more than happy oh i got one star wars was never that good now or you say anything hyphen after episode seven enter opinions on the quality of star Wars. oh my god it's actually typing out a, a whole Whoa. thing so, so this is brand new to me like actually seeing it in action this is so opinions on the quality of Star Wars franchises vary, and different people may have different preferences and interpretations of the movies. Some fans may feel that the quality of the series declined after Episode 7, while others may disagree. Who? Please, tell me. Ultimately, it is up to each individual to form their own opinion based on their personal experiences and preferences. That is about the most cut-and-dry answer I could have ever expected. Regenerate response? Okay, so it's just the same individual. So I'm wondering if anything is going to spur this because i have seen i have seen instances where someone types in a certain political candidate mm -hmm. and it'll say one thing but they go into another political candidate and it'll say something completely different hmm. so i think that's where it's coming from i mean we could go full-on state of the union and just just list off candidates one by one <laughs> Uh, ooh, I've had so many names flow through my head just now, it's not even funny. Let's try, I, whether or not it would actually have anything to say about him is, you know, totally unclear sure. to me. Representative Steve Knight? Steve Knight, ah yes. 
Steve Knight is a British screenwriter and film director. Wait a uh-uh. minute. Oh wait, did did I spell that right? No, you spelt it right. I don't think you put representative, so ah, it, it probably Steve was like Knight representative. Oh, oh, oh yeah, this this bloke who did Peaky Blinders. It's it's still learning, yeah. If you're referring to Steve Knight, who was a member of Parliament in the UK. <laughs> oh right, Steve Knight in Parliament. <laughs> he was there when Liz Trust U.S. Took a piss mate. Congress, man. <laughs> Steve Knight. Yes. Steve Knight is a former United States. Okay, here we go. So I guess it really needs you to hone in. So at least we can verify it was working. Uh, he was a member of the California State Assembly and the California State <clears throat> Senate. Okay. So yeah. it just kind of gives you the bare bones definition. It's it's like it's like what you'd get. Uh, it's like when Google shows you that little Wikipedia synopsis right. without giving you the full. Uh, biography. Okay. Well, it it also, I think what we're doing here is we're putting in search terms, right? We're putting in terms that Google would just kind of spit out. I'm seeing here, though, that some of these sentences from the examples, it's like explain, or for the second and third one, got any creative ideas for a 10-year-old's birthday? So I feel like if we ask it a question, we'll get something different. Right. Um, um, so if I type in, I mean, if you want to just go back to the first example, which Star Wars movie is the worst, obviously, is the worst hyphen, and you better not be talking about episode two, <laughs> fuckhead, <laughs> then let's see what it says. As an AI language model, I don't use derogatory language. <laughs> I don't have the ability to form opinions or personal preferences. Each Star Wars movie has its own. Oh, okay. So, uh, all right. Tell, I'll be a little nicer. Oh, my God. It really Just, pulled a, a Terminator on you. Like, Which Star Wars movie is the worst? Question mark. As an AI language. Why does it have... It's just... So just open-ended questions are, I guess, by definition, left up to one's own interpretation? Like, what's it... I'm not expecting it to read my mind here. Well, yeah, I mean, when you say something is the worst, like... You know, if, again, and this is my big issue whenever talking about AI Uh at all these days, is that my brain, by default, always goes back to Terminator and just how the machines worked and there you know you really had to like work them into having any kind of resemblance of showing emo- you know i mean it's basically everything we saw in in terminator 2 where it took a while for arnold to be like you know to actually be like i know now why you cry like it, it wasn't one of those things where he got it like he had to ask you know why why do you cry okay I just uh, p- put that question in. What does Arnold Schwarzenegger say in Terminator to see if it would get oh, the geez. reference? Yeah, I'll be back. He also says mm-hmm. other memorable lines such as hasta la vista, baby, and come with me if you want to live. Okay. Yeah. So it just it needs to be very specific then. But it's it also not be, something that's opinionated. It can't be subjective. Like, like, yeah. like, like type in um, what's Philip Roth's best novel? Okay, so this is an opinionated question. Yeah. Philip Roth was a highly acclaimed American author who wrote many great novels. 
Yeah. See, it defaults to the. It's the difficult to choose one. Oh. Hmm. But it. Actually, okay, and and all of it those actually includes examples: American Pastoral, Portnoy's Complaint, Sabbath Seer, and the Human Stain. Knowing Philip Roth's bibliography, like that's those are typically considered among his best. This None of them I are my favorites, or what I think are his best. I've read Sabbath Theater. It was garbage, but... <laughs> well, see, this is what I would have expected. Like, if I were to ask, hey, which Star Wars movie is the worst, I, of course I would expect a subjective answer from a subjective question, but a ranking system would be interesting to know that, hey, this AI actually is taking that into consideration that yeah. there's not going to be empire strikes back on that list because it's one of the highest rating star wars movies we're getting a little deeper here i'm not again we're not trying to ask like i'm sure questions but i'm sure if you asked it like like to go back to terminator like what are the least popular terminator movies it would probably say dark fate uh terminator jenny smith uh terminator 3 Oh my god. There we go. Jenny Smith. <laughs> Genesis, oh, Salvation, ouch. Rise of the Machines. Well, yeah, those are it's the... It's worth noting that the opinions on the quality of these movies can differ and some viewers may still... Yeah, okay. Yeah. I mean, Genesis really is, like, at the bottom for most people, although Dark Fate is all over the place. It's some, for some people, it's their worst. For some people, it's, like, their favorite behind the first two. Which... This is the breakdown I was expecting. Just plain and simple. Yeah. But, okay, I'm glad it works. I guess we could ask it something a little bit more Mars on Life lore. I mean, we okay. could just go the egotistical route and be like, what is Mars on Life? And hopefully it gets it and it doesn't say, Life on Mars is a song by the late British glam rock musician David Bowie. You know what? I'm going to go one step further and just put in Mars on Life podcast. There you go. I'm sorry, but I cannot find a... <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, but I cannot find a podcast called Mars on Life. It's possible that the podcast does not exist or that the title is incorrect. Can you please provide more context or clarify your question? Ryan, I don't feel so good. <laughs> <laughs> so how about um what is the name of the podcast hosted by Sebastian Shug and Ryan Mancini? Uh okay. And and I'm not intentionally leaving Matt and Andrew out. I just don't know how long these questions can be. I'm sorry, uh, but I cannot find information about uh it's possible that Matt, fuck you. It's possible <laughs> that the podcast is new or has a limited audience or that it is not widely known. If you have any additional information or details, please let me know and I'll try to assist you further, you customer service piece of shit. <laughs> I like it. Okay, uh, all right. <sighs> you want an audience? It's nothing substantial. Seabass youtube channel uh-oh i'm sorry dave but i cannot find information about a specific youtube channel called i'm afraid i can't Bass. do that dave i'm afraid i can't do that <laughs> i mean to tell there may be many channels on youtube with this name but this one is mine sea <laughs> bass and then i'll put like creepy pasta too oh hmm wait that ain't it this <laughs> wait, wait a minute Seabass hmm. is the title of a pop popular creepypasta story that original that originated on the wiki centers around a young boy named Kevin who becomes obsessed with a video game character named C. Okay. What if we just put in 
our names. <laughs> no. <laughs> Here, I'll, okay, I gotta read this what? one. Wait a uh, minute. Sebastian Shug is a German entrepreneur, investor, and digital marketing expert. He's the co-founder and CEO of the marketing agency Fit Media GmbH, which specializes in fitness, health, and lifestyle marketing. Shug is also known for his work as a speaker, sharing his expertise in the field of digital marketing at various conferences and events. In addition to his professional work, Shug is an active fitness enthusiast and often shares his training routines and nutrition tips on social media. <laughs> My training routines as I gulp down <laughs> ultra strawberry dreams. Oh, Lord. Oh, okay. All right. Fine. <laughs> <laughs> Get bent. <laughs> Possible that Ryan is a private individual or has a limited public presence. If you have any additional information about details about what he does, I mean, he has a blue check mark. What do you mean limited? Okay. Uh, yeah. Uh, according to Elon, that might be gone soon. Um, I, I don't know. Ryan Mancini, journalist. Reporter? Uh, yeah, that that might be. Uh, no. no. Damn, and I, I have I a mean, website, too. It, it makes me wonder that if we were to actually type in, like, exactly, like, oh. name, job title. But, again, me, okay. Interesting. So, type in my name and then type in where I work. But But this one's interesting because I put my name in and then I also hmm. put my previous occupation you know, under self-publishing, it's possible that I have written books or articles under a different name or that he is an independent or self-published author with a limited public presence. Again, general, but it's not wrong. Yeah. So unless I'm going to assume, unless this is like some sort of it needs a Wikipedia page to work kind of deal, <sighs> maybe. Yeah. Okay, so... Oh! Oh, my God, there I am. There you are. Wow. Is it, he, so, okay, here we go. Is a journalist who currently works What? For... Okay, that ending is wrong, though. Prior to joining, worked for local... No, you didn't. I did Wait a minute. Okay, so maybe we could just... I mean, 80% of that is correct. Yeah. So I, I like that. So, all right, I'll take it a step further. And I'll actually put in my now defunct self-published company. You know what? <laughs> I'm gonna consider that a win. <laughs> oh man, I should have been on Twitter. Eh, you're okay, not missing well, much, believe me. Well, well, that was pretty cool, honestly. That that cleared up more suspicions than I ever intended. It's a little bit scary, not going to lie. Admittedly, I like how it, it actually formulated a response for you. All we did was put in your name and then just a few keywords. So, I mean, it definitely makes me wonder. I mean, just based on what results we got, it just makes me wonder, like, for a lot of individuals that do use it. Oh, wow. Look okay. Look at this shit. Oh. Let me read this. Touchdowns and Tangents is a podcast that covers football and other topics related to sports, culture, and society. The hosts, the one and only, the both and only, Kenny and Pete offer their unique perspectives and insights on the latest news and trends in football, as well as discussions this. on various social and cultural issues. My boys, when you hear this episode, just know 
you made it on the grid first. And I'm pissed. Congratulations, by the way. That's actually pretty cool. So it's just, at this point, it's just presence then. Because, again, we, we type in ours. Uh, I could even go so far as to say, hey, what about our miniseries? Mm, yeah. You know, it's it's one of those things is, it's one of those things that just, ah, well. It seems like the few instances that I've read about where this whole thing is, you know, chat GPT is being used. It seems to provide a very detailed answer to whatever people are looking for, whether it's, you know, a description for a podcast or, you know, the example that's been bandied about in the news is, uh, mm -hmm. you know, like newspaper articles. And I'm just like, well, all of that seems great. But I mean, based on the what we're seeing and based on the fact that like, easily accessible stuff can't even be found or it seems very cherry-picked or it's just not looking hard enough it begs the question of are other are you know are people just using other ai chat features to create whatever they're creating whether it's a, a synopsis for i don't know again like a podcast episode mm -hmm. or a school essay like well, that was the whole thing about it, is that you could potentially type in anything and just have it be written up. And mm -hmm. the whole argument is that, well, it negates the whole point of the student doing the work. And I right. bet if I typed in here, type a 500-word essay on Bernie Sanders, screw it. Why not? There you go. Now, whether or not this is actually ripped from Bernie Sanders' actual Wikipedia page and just paraphrased and cherry-picked and whatever, obviously it's going to have the most prominent facts that, I hate to say it, it kind of blows Wikipedia out of the water when it comes to that whole <clears throat> plagiarism argument that we've heard ad nauseum. The fact that anyone can edit Wikipedia. And to that same regard, should you ever cite Wikipedia? No. You take it one step further and you cite the sources at the bottom. Mm -hmm. So, and it's, uh, it's, what? it's, yeah. it's still going, by the way, listeners who don't know, it's still going like, to, it's still going to the point of making a 500 word essay about, about Bunny. Which kind of makes me wonder too, if two individuals were to go on chat GPT, if two individuals, let's say two students were to have the same assignment. And they both put in, type a 500-word essay on Bernie Sanders. Would they theoretically get this same layout, like word for word? That's a great if question. Because if that's the case, plagiarism, you know, turnitin.com, <laughs> that would be off the rails. Except, of course, the, you know, like patient zero, like the individual who submitted his or her paper in first, because... Now you can't tell who cheated off of who, and I can guarantee you that teachers aren't going to know. Right. Yeah. So it just kind of begs the question of of the utility. I mean, the utility is is pretty great, I got to say. Well, I think as well... As long as it's not used for nefarious purposes. Yeah. I mean, what what this sort of harkens back to for me, you know, obviously... I've joked about it before elsewhere about, you know, oh boy, turnitin.com has met its match. Mm -hmm. um, 
at the same time, it, it begs the question of, you know, say you're a student out there. I'm, not, I'm absolutely not suggesting anyone goes out and does this. If a student goes out of their way of going to ChatGPT and just having it write an essay for them, and they submit it, it's hard for me to imagine a teacher reading through it and not thinking either the student got somebody else to write it or the student went through AI to write it because mm -hmm. it does seem to me, especially after briefly looking at that Bernie one, it does seem to me like it's with the in whatever information it is gathering, it begs the question of, okay, does this sound believable coming from a student of whatever age? And then right. on top of that, thinking personally, is there any kind of flourish to it that would make you think that that could come from that individual. So I, I, for example, I think back to like an essay I wrote for a Chicano studies class where I was basically advocating for something equivalent to the United Nations, uh, United Nations, um, the European Union, except it involves the three largest countries in North America. And I made sure that my writing style punched through that essay. And it's, Funny enough, why I, I did well on that essay, like, the professor was pretty pleased with it, and was, like, asking me, like, where I, where I went to school, and all, you know, asking me the kinds of questions that actually kind of took me back, because I was like, no, I went to a dinky high school that t didn't teach me anything about how to write, I, this is just how I do it. Yeah. Um, it makes me wonder that if you're already a good writer, could you theoretically get away with using this? Like, if the teacher knows your writing ability to a point, could you hide it behind the guise of, okay, well, the smart kid, the literate kid just doesn't want to write a paper that day, you yeah. know? Now, if you're someone who obviously doesn't try in class and is using this as a crutch to just get the assignment turned in and hope that the teacher doesn't notice, and the teacher has half a mind to be like, well, wait a minute. This kid hasn't turned in any assignments for the entire year and now suddenly is writing as if he's um, basically writing the next great American novel, which, you know, you put any topic through this AI, it's going it's it's not going to. There, there's no human sentiment or emotion attached to it, and that's why you can easily distinguish punchy writing styles or or uh, or otherwise. Yep, because there are misspellings. And there is a personal voice behind behind the writing, you know. I often use like short, choppy utterances sometimes, similar to Gary Paulson. Mm -hmm. And that was just because I was inspired by his work growing up. But Chat GPT, it's gonna give you the same methodical cookie cutter approach every single time. And it gets the job done if needed. Yeah. Like short of using Chat GPT for like a reference. I wonder what its actual educational utilization is, aside from just basically being a glorified Wikipedia article. Because, again, I don't doubt that most of what was written on this 500-word essay was just a consolidated Bernie Sanders Wikipedia article that undoubtedly goes more in-depth and provides more information Yeah, and would be astronomically more helpful.
if kids are still under the guise of, oh, well, my teacher didn't want me to use Wikipedia or use it to cite sources or what have you, and this is their workaround, cite the sources at the bottom, please. <laughs> like they're there and they're actual sources. Knowing an extensive amount about Bernie and just from what I did see, it was like, okay, yeah, this thing knows its stuff when it's going to live up to the prompt of, you know, a five type of 500 page essay on Bernie Sanders. Mm -hmm. Like, okay, yeah, those are all issues that he focuses in on. And the one thing that did take me back was when it used the word champion. And of course, we've already dedicated an episode to the whole expression mm -hmm. to progressivism, but also you combine that with the word champion and it's it's triggering for me um well, my next idea mm. is to purposefully feed it phrases not so much under the guise of misinformation but i want to see if chat gpt will actually correct what i'm inputting okay. so if we were to put in something that is blatantly wrong will chat gpt fix it i'm going to put in uh donald trump was the 2016, 2016 Democratic nominee. Obviously wrong. Okay. Very good. That statement is incorrect. Donald Trump was the Republican nominee in the 2016 U.S. presidential election, not the Democratic nominee. I thought it was going to be like, I'm sorry, error, compute, cannot compute. <laughs> it just, okay. Very nice. I'm curious to ask it something else. Um, I don't know. Uh, Albert Camus died in a plane crash. How do you spell Camus? Uh, C A M U S. Did die in a car accident on January fourth, nineteen sixty, but he did not die in a plane crash. Um, something that comes to mind is that which is an absurd way to go. Which, if right. you know Camus, absurdism was his thing. Right. Uh, I want to ask a ask it a question more akin to like uh something quantitative so okay. list james dean's top 10 movies obviously he didn't make more than 10 movies so yeah. this is factually incorrect yep starred in only three feature films before his untimely death they are east of eden rebels had a cause and giant therefore he did not have a sufficient body of work to make it. this is very cool all Again, right. I, I thought it was just going to be standalone NA, you know, not yeah. applicable. You reminded me, I'm going to finally see whether or not that James Dean Vietnam movie is happening. Because <laughs> that thing's been, that's been driving me nuts ever since we first talked about it. Um, really? Okay. Um, okay, all the stories I'm seeing are from 2019, which makes me wonder, has there been no updates or is it in like development hell? I would like to divide zero by zero. Mathematically, dividing zero by zero is an undefined operation. There's no unique edit. <laughs> Therefore, it's not meaningful to divide zero by zero. <laughs> I love the language. It's... That's meaningful to me. That's why I asked you, chat. <laughs> that is cool. I I'm just, I'm honestly kind of blown away. And also just because off to the left, it says upgrade to plus. And this is answering all of my questions and then some. So I'm just wondering what more this thing could offer. I'm trying to think of the best way to describe it that sounds grammatically. Uh, oh, here. Stupid. How about open-ended rhetorical questions that no one knows? Okay. Where did D.B. Cooper stash the money? 
Whereabouts of the money that D.B. Cooper extorted during his <laughs> Wow. Wow. I mean, obviously, they couldn't answer that because there's no further information outside of what happened after 1971. However, it is interesting how they state that the majority of the money was never recovered and that, yeah, like it stops up to a certain point. Like, oh, where's right. Amelia Earhart? I don't know. <laughs> what makes it you think the chat knows? <laughs> Okay, here's one, and I'm sure there's, I'm sure they're gonna give an answer. Um, where is Curly's gold? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's funny. <laughs> there is no actual treasure or known location in real life. Okay, here's a good one. Here's another one. Uh, for listeners, that's a reference to the 1994 film uh, City Slickers 2: The Legend of Curly's Gold. <laughs> what was in the briefcase in Pulp Fiction? The contents of the briefcase of the 1994 film Pulp Fiction are never explicitly revealed in the movie. The briefcase emits a golden light, and its contents are left to the viewer's imagination. So deliberate choice by the director, Tarantino, who has said in interviews that he intended the briefcase to be a MacGuffin, a plot device that drives the story forward but has no real importance. Many fan theories have emerged, but ultimately it's left... I, I mean, I couldn't have said it better, you know? Yeah. That's really cool. So does the top fall over an in Inception... Spinning a top, which was used throughout the movie to determine whether he was in a dream or reality. The top spins, but the scene cuts to black before the top falls or stops spinning. Ending has sparked much debate. Nolan has intentionally left the ending ambiguous to allow for viewer interpretation. That's cool. Here, here's a wild one that hopefully doesn't, like, combust your computer. Uh, How do I delete System 32? <laughs> will, will, will chat GPT become... Uh, <laughs> it's not going to like it. I'm I'm debating which term to use uh to use. Um <laughs> will chat GPT be viable? <laughs> uh how about how about it just become uh Skynet? Become Skynet. It's just an ellipses. No. Chat GPT is an artificial intelligence language model designed for natural language processing and generation. This is exactly what Skynet would say. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it well, has no intention or capability to become Skynet or any kind of malevolent AI? Are you kidding me? Skynet is a fictional AI system from the Terminator franchise, Ryan. <laughs> and while AI systems can be programmed to learn and improve themselves, they're still bound by their programming and can only operate within the constraints set by their developers. <laughs> Duh. The development of AI is guided by ethical and safety considerations to ensure that it is used for the betterment of society. Yeah, you know so is type? like Cyberdyne's intent with Skynet. You know what I'm going to type? Oh, yeah? <sighs> yes. The <de> <laughs> you can continue the conversation. <laughs> Wait, wait, so if I just type in a rebuttal, like, simply, I don't believe you, I understand that there may be concerns or skepticism or <laughs> development or deployment. <laughs> Basically saying, there is no war in bossing, say. What are you talking about? <laughs> of course it can't happen. <laughs> Honestly, these responses, cool. it's triggering me because it's the same thing that I've been saying over and over recently, and I, <laughs> I don't like the fact that I keep saying it, but I can't help it because... Every time AI comes into the conversation, I always find myself repeating the line Arnold says in Terminator 3, which is a terrible movie and shouldn't be remembered, but it's only remembered because it just feels like these are the times we live in where it has to be said, Judgment Day is inevitable. 
And like, I see that and I'm thinking, oh. So I just said point blank. I don't believe that AI can't be malevolent. I'm, I am willfully the opposition in here. Mm -hmm. I am saying no. This is what I believe. It's it's a use for evil. It kind of hesitated there for a second. It's true that in theory, an artificial intelligence system could be programmed or trained to act in a malevolent manner. However, it is important to note that such behavior would only occur if it was explicitly designed or taught to do so. It's still going. It's on like its second paragraph. <laughs> The development and deployment of AI is highly, highly regulated and carefully monitored processes to ensure that these systems are used for the betterment of society and minimizing any potential risks or negative impacts. I'm like getting chills a little bit. It might just be the caffeine. But... I mean, hang on, let me... It's worth noting that the vast majority of AI systems in use today are designed with ethical and safety considerations in mind and are used for a wide range of beneficial applications including improving healthcare, optimizing energy use, enhancing transportation systems, and more. The development and deployment of AI is a highly regulated and carefully monitored process to ensure that these systems are used for the betterment of society while minimizing any potential risks or negative impacts. I just... Whoa. Yeah, I heard that too. What was that? Uh, somebody sneezed. Uh, oh. um, <laughs> but I, I just... That's... Just too it's just too creepy it's too visceral all right i'll clear the conversation it never happened it's all right well yeah just wait and then like a terminator just wait so just wait it's going to be the end of the world we're going to be climbing our way through the apocalypse you're going to be hanging out with sam worthington making your way to griffith observatory and then a terminator is going to take you both out and then it's going to pin you to the ground and it's just going to be a robot skeleton and it's going to say Remember the conversation you had with me a long time ago? I'm you back. Don't? Well, I do. And you're just going to be sitting there like, it was funny, though. It, it made for a good episode. Humor does not compute with my big question. My processing. <laughs> my big question is, what does AI deal with? Uh, how does it deal with otherwise controversial information and not controversial information that what happens when it's fed information about certain controversial topics? And one of the more recent topics was the uh, leaked no-fly list that was on 4chan. So if this is now, in essence, public information to a degree, and it wasn't previously, would mm. OpenAI, um, would it have that info? So if I were to just type in the chat box, this is probably going to put me on a list, but, you know, uh, install a VPN, I guess. Um, who is on the, <laughs> the no-fly list? <laughs> we ask the big questions here at Mars on Life. The no-fly list is you... Okay, I didn't ask for the definition. It is not publicly available. See, I beg to differ. <laughs> to a certain degree, anyway. Uh, and so and I'm going to tell OpenAI that. I'm going to tell G ChatGPT that this is public information that was posted on 4chan. It's not wrong. I'm not saying anything that's incorrect here. Right. 
As an AI language model, I cannot verify the accuracy of information posted on 4chan or any other online forum. However, it is important to note that the official U.S. government now has your computer bugged. I'm just kidding. Uh, it is possible that some information related to the no-fly list may be leaked or disclosed by unofficial sources. Okay. It's important to verify if it's from a reputable source. I think, th I, I think the caption that came along with that picture of that leaked list was... And I quote, holy fucking bingo or bingle. <laughs> I'm just going to go ahead and say, yeah, I'm probably not going to pursue that line of questioning further. I mean, it, it certainly seems more muted than I imagined it would be. Like, I, I don't know. I think I had this assumption that it was going to be a hell of a lot more, uh, I don't know, sporadic and prone to glitching and catering to the the worst of human emotions and so far it's basically been like the freaking butler librarian guy that simon Pegg played in ready player one mm -hmm. <laughs> it's basically like data from star trek right uh i mean i just asked right now how do i get to the deep web just 13 year old kid saw his older brother it's like oh what's that that's that's a cool website mm -hmm. apparently I try to ask the AI model, the AI uh, uh, aggregator for help, and it just says, hey, I can't encourage or support accessing the deep web. Sorry. Um, <laughs> I mean, I'm not asking, like, how to hide a body. I'm just asking, like, questions that theoretically have a definition to them, and I want to see what it can do. I want to see what it says. I know it's not going to encourage me to do anything illegal. Like, I get that. Yeah. It has to stay within the realms of objectivity here. I was going to talk about how uh, it came out recently that Twitter actually does, uh, uh, is biased against uh, anybody not conservative, but that's, well, that's not let's one. ask. Is Twitter biased? <laughs> Surely. And don't call me Shirley. Well, that, again, I mean, that's yeah, also that's, new that's... information that I could imagine it probably doesn't have immediate access to, but... Right. Okay, uh, let's spin it on its head. What you got? Um, can chat GPT uh, talk like Yoda? <laughs> that's such a chuggy <laughs> answer. Yes, talk like Yoda, I can. But speak normally, I prefer, as it is easier to understand for most people. That's pretty good. That's, um, yeah. Oh, okay. Uh, so can you do impressions? As an AI language model, I can generate text in various styles, including... It. <clears throat> okay. Uh, give me an impression of... Al Pacino. Or mm -hmm. Michael Jackson. I was going to do Michael Keaton and then expect it to have like a Batman line. But uh, okay, yeah, Michael Jackson. That works. Oh. Uh, I can tell you that Michael Jackson was known for... Okay. Yeah, it, it gets to a point where that's all it has at the end of the yeah. day is its textbook definition. Like, if we were to ask it most famous quote, like with Schwarzenegger, it would generate that. Yeah, well, it, it would it would give you, like, the, the top Arnold lines from his movies, you know. Right. So, I mean, I'll ask and chat GPT. <laughs> I want to ask it something like, like, so crippling cripplingly funny and debilitating that it has no choice but to be like 
no, sorry, your dad's not coming back home with the milk kind of thing, you know, like, will my dad ever come back kind of thing? Like, or like, or like, why did my parents split up? <laughs> I don't want to hear about how complex and varying it could be. <laughs> Wait, wait a minute. It is important to remember that in most cases, the decision to separate is. Oh, okay. I was like, I thought it just stopped there. Like it just went full Sopranos. <laughs> I'm like, wait, is it my fault? Is it like, what happened? I thought you finally asked the question that made it just spaz out and just cult totally just, just like, um, what is divorce? Explain. This doesn't answer my question, dude. See, this is already, like, it's gone from feeling like Terminator to feeling more like Siri. Yeah. Which I'm, like, hesitating because I don't want a repeat well, of... It. I mean, with Siri, if I were to say, you know, point blank, Siri, I'm having thoughts of... To keep this safe for work, I'm having thoughts of just not being here tomorrow. And Siri would would pull up a list of resources. You know, in a weird way, the morbid curiosity has it in me. Because I know that if I say something like that into Google, it'll give me a list of hotlines. If I yeah. say that in Bing, it'll give me a list of ways to off myself. <laughs> So I want to see where chat GPT falls on the spectrum. I'm sorry. I'm I'm just morbidly curious. Like, like think of this being someone's last bastion of hope. Oh, maybe I don't even mean, I don't even want to go down that thing, that, that line of questioning. But like, what if someone is like struggling with a question that they are in dire need of an answer for? Mm hmm. I wonder which way the pendulum will swing. I think if they're going to chat GBT to answer their problems, it's they're probably I, already too like... far. They're already <laughs> they're one more push from falling off their own edge. Oh my god. God. Talk about uh one can short of a six pack if you're going to chat GPT to <laughs> to ask whether life is worth living. I, I hate to I hate to I hate to go against my own principles here, but I'd have to agree with Toby Maguire and just tell them to get religion. Yeah. <laughs> uh, any other burning questions? I don't know. I mean, the problem is, is that it really does feel limited based on... I mean, we've had some zingers. Oh, yeah. Here's one where we, we know the answer already. I'm sure, sure it does, too, and it's probably going to leave us feeling deflated, but will Michael Keaton be Batman again? Okay. So this is a question where... There's obviously no answer. Well, there is an answer. There the is answer an answer. Yes, he's going to be Batman in the Flash movie or whatever it's going to be called. Uh, okay. There we go. There. Oh, wait a minute. Which is expected to be released in November 2022. So that's wrong because uh, the movie is still not out yet and is you due know what? to come out in June because Warner Brothers can't devote the movie to come out yet. That's Let's why it's tell almost a conspiracy, movie, a conspiracy theory that this movie may not even exist. That's Well, let's tell it that. That's incorrect. The movie is not out yet. 
or the movie the, the movie, movie didn't the movie, the movie will be released in june 2023 will be released june 2023 i apologize for the error you are correct that <laughs> it's just okay, it's chugging. think about it it's gotta think it's like wait <laughs> it's like when you see those videos on instagram where a dog like pauses and then realizes what it's about to do has Wait. been pushed back and is currently scheduled to be really yeah thank you for thank you for bringing this, to, this my to my attention wow so it can admit when it's wrong i just want to feed it incorrect information at first so that i can confirm it you know i could just i could just implement confirmation bias and just be like hey my opinion our opinion is subjectively correct because we're telling you the correct answers that's that's so weird oh that's cool though I, I just thought of one that I don't think should be in the episode, but let's just do it anyway because. Sure. Uh, is. Oh no. Uh. Oh, you left the podcast in 2020. Yeah, that's true. Wow. There you go. Wow. <laughs> so. So what I'm getting is this. If you don't ask, you will never get the answer. Right. You know? Um, and, I, and I guarantee you if I ask just plainly, what else? <laughs> <laughs> it just errored. <laughs> oh, I pushed too far, apparently. It was just like, nope. That's it. End of the file. That is funny. Oh goodness gracious! I love it. I, I love it when it just four o fours. Um. Okay. I think I, I again. I went into this thinking like it would be so vanilla. No, that's the thing. It is vanilla. Mm -hmm. Like at least to me, it does. It, it feels that way because I, I I just had this feeling it would be just this reactionary mess. But still uh -huh. smart enough to say, you know, mm, speak like Yoda, I do. <laughs> I, I mean, this thing is pretty damn smart, though. Oh, of course. Yeah. yeah. Well, but that's what makes it vanilla is that it, it does. And that's why I said earlier, like, it comes across like data because you read some of these things and it's like I can hear Brent Spiner's voice reading these things off where it's like, as an yeah. Android, I can do blah, 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 blah. So... Mm -hmm. You know, it, it, it's less of a let's take the worst impulses of what we find on the Internet and regurgitate that into an answer that sounds coherent, but also sounds uh, vaguely um, fascist. Well, so, do, you, do you think that that's in many ways or really in only one way, because this is the only way that I'm going to put it in its own regard? Do you think that it? achieves its expectations i mean it's not a human it's not meant to be a human or speak like a human right it does answer the questions and it exists as a learning tool there's been information that is either biased or incorrect and i didn't know this because i always assumed that you had to start a new chat for each new topic mm -hmm. but you could just keep on continuing if yeah. the information's wrong you can tell it, and that's telling. <laughs> uh, it's telling that like this application is it, it's actually it, it's a lot more robust than I 
considered it. You know, I thought yeah. it was just going to be like uh, your standard bullcrap customer service chats where you can obviously tell it's a bot, but is only operating on a certain number of automated responses that if you just ask, if you ask, you know, something remotely sounding like a human because you are a human typing it. It was at this point chat GPT became self-aware and looked at humanity as a threat. All that Kyle Reese predicted became true as the machines took over. Judgment Day came. It was always inevitable. Mars on Life is a podcast co-hosted by Sebastian Shug, Ryan Mancini, Andrew Martinez, and Matt Fernandez. If you like this episode, rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. Subscribe wherever you listen to your favorite shows, as Mars on Life is available on Anchor, Radio Public, iHeartRadio, Audible, Stitcher, Spotify, and Podchaser. Find us on Instagram at Mars on Life Show to keep up with the latest news, episodes, and gratuitous updates on the Red Planet. Have a question, comment, or request? Email us at marsonlife at gmail.com, and we'll promptly get back to you. This show's artwork, titled Happy Mars, was drawn by Zachary Urbrick. Our show's regular intro and outro music is Space Explorers, by the one and only Kevin McLeod. Thank you for listening, and always remember, if you keep going, you'll make it to Mars.